0: and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show! We're always talking about investing and we understand that is why so many folks follow us. But we do like to broaden things out and keep life interesting, so we're going to do a mini-series on the 4F's model for life. Fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. Money is a means to an end for many of us, and while it can help to express who we are, we think at some point all of us should take a look at what makes for a successful life, whether that's as a single person, a parent, a mentor or simply a student of life. So we hope you enjoy this series. It's the 4F's model for life. Fun Fitness, Finance and Philosophy with me, Pete Wargent and Stephen Moriarty. Cheers. G'day, welcome to the Low Rates, High Returns podcast with me, Pete Wargent here with Stephen Moriarty as always. G'day, Steve. How are you, mate? I'm really good, thanks. So today we're going to move on to talk about the first of the the four Fs, which is philosophy, which actually begins with a P, but um, it's a. Uh, you just hate that important. with an F, don't you? Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, actually, one of the one of the listeners uh, told me the same thing this week. So I was oh, really? So, my
1: God, tell me who who is it? I'll ban them.
0: Yeah, it was uh, actually my namesake. He's also called Peter. So, oh, um, my God, yeah, man. just.
1: Is that Peter Meek? Yeah.
0: If you're listening, to Peter
1: Meek, that's it. No more, financial, <laughs> that is him. no more financial friendships and F's for you, buddy.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure we should be name checking the listeners, but anyway, that's uh, so um, the interesting thing about philosophy is really largely for how much it has changed. So it was around about sort of 2004 and five when there was this thing called Friends Reunited, and then Facebook kind of took over from it. And it, it, there was a period there where a lot of lot of us reconnected with old friends and uh, school friends and so on. And I think um, I found when I reconnected with people, there was a roughly equal split between people who'd sort of grown up, gone to uh, higher education, then mm-hmm. got off to do something different, go and do their own thing. And there's probably about half of the people that I went to school with who... Um, have really just stayed in the same place and in some cases literally just gone down the local pub and got a barman you know bar manager role and that's it you know just uh yeah and I think um you know somebody who likes to travel it's a little bit mind-blowing to me but I can also see how um that could also be an easier life because everything you need is on your doorstep your friends your family it's all very mm. familiar I, I think that so this is one of the, the key points for today Steve is how Philosophy has kind of changed even in a generation. I think um, it wasn't so long ago that philosophy tended to be based around uh, maybe a religious life. Yeah, you, know, you might you might be say a, a Protestant, you might be the local bank manager, yeah. president of the local Rotary Club, or whatever. But but these days life has become so much more fluid. And people, um, you know, church is not the centre of life for so many people these days that I think it, there's a bit more thought that needs to go into what is your personal philosophy and how are you going to live life?
1: Yeah, it, that's a good point, actually, because most of us, um, most of us, most of our parents probably, um, derive the philosophy from the religion. Um, and so, you know, as you know, there'd be, you know, there was basically Catholics and Protestants and and some others Um but the the thing now is with the modern life, as you say, there's different, and particularly again, also with science, you know, there's a there's a really huge amount of philosophies that you can choose from. And I noticed over the last probably 20 years, Eastern philosophy really took off in, actually it's probably longer, it's probably about 30 or 40 years, but Eastern philosophy really became popular in the West. And... There's so there's so many types. I was just sort of thinking the other day about, you know, you've got the Stoics is a is a sort of well known ancient one, uh, Epicureanism, and then you've got ones like um, Maria Kondo's basically decluttering your life.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, well, I've got some first hand experience here because a couple of my extended family members have really got into that, and in fact, one of them gave me a book on it. And uh, yeah, I guess that that is basically the idea. You. You declutter, you become very organised, and that removing sort of the noise out of your life can Mm. make for a happier and healthier well-being. I think I think the attractive side of that is that it does. It's something you can do immediately; has an instant impact. Uh, But I think you know, for me anyway, I found that I I can certainly get on board with the idea of decluttering. I'm not a sentimental person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't like to have loads of shit in my life, but I think it, it can get too obsessive. You know. If it gets to the point of having your red Grundy's in the right colour order in your in your sock drawer, you know that I, I don't think I can take it to that level of degree. And also, some things are frivolous. You know, you don't need to get rid of stuff out of your life just because it's cr- creating some clutter. But it, that's certainly become really, really popular over in Europe in recent years.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. It's funny though because you know when you say about decluttering. Because you and I are the same personality type in the, the nine types, both you and I are not sentimental types. I don't have a sentimental bone in my body. But, and it's funny because a type six is a lot different to that. I have a relative who's a type six and has kept, and I'm, I kid you not, probably every coffee mug for the last 30 years. It doesn't matter whether it's got chips in it or broken handles so, you know, the Bowerbirds, the people that you call Bowerbirds, they just don't dump anything. And he's like that. And this is where it ties into the philosophy, you know, with the personality, which is it's, we see the world differently and we get attracted to different philosophies based on that that sort of underlying personality. And I think that's where it starts to get really interesting because what you then do is you have to say how much of it is me And how much of it is culture or the broader society, you know, like the different, the way we think about different issues these days, smoking, you know, homosexuality, all of those sorts of issues now are completely different to what they were 30 or 40 years ago. And that is even different from what they were a hundred or a thousand years ago. And so the tension, I think, is always between, and this is, I, I suppose, the part of know thyself, you know, which is. First of all, you've got to understand what you are, then you can sort of have a look at the arguments of others and say, okay, yeah, look, that really fits or, you know, I think somewhat differently.
0: Yeah, I think that's where the, the nine personality types is a useful framework, because I, I think I've always found that de- decluttering and not having, uh, you know, being very well organised, it can give you a bit of a sense of control, but also for people who like freedom and adventure having just having too much stuff it, it makes you less mobile yeah. than nothing else you know and i've certainly you know, moved around so much over the past 20 years that it, it would be much harder to do if you were sentimental and and hang you know hung on to every coffee mug i think um as you said that that is the big challenge today then that if you if you were to look up the different types of philosophy there would probably be dozens if not hundreds uh, i think um I guess um, w- what we'll do today, we'll go through some of the ways in which um, there's been a generational change as it uh, relates to uh, personal philosophies. But we'll also talk about uh, philosophy as it relates to um, our four Fs model, and particularly finance. I, I think um, of the of the philosophies that are out there. You mentioned a few, sort of the the stoicism or uh, some of the old uh, religious. philosophies i think the one that's always made the most sense to me steve and uh, i'll I'll have to apologize because i know you lived in japan for many years my pronunciation will be terrible but this the the philosophy of uh, ikigai which is essentially based around health wellness and purpose so if you're not familiar i suppose the the simplified definition would be if you take four overlapping circles which uh, you populate with what you love what the world needs what you can be paid for, and what you're good at, and what you can excel at—it's the, the icky guy is really—it's the middle of those four overlapping circles. So we've all got things we're passionate about, and we've got our vocations and our profession, but if you can find something that fits into that overlapping centre of those four circles, my casual observation, anyway, Steve, has been if you find people who are doing. You know what they were born to do, what they're brilliant at, what they enjoy, but they can also turn it into their passion and their vocation and their profession. It all just comes together, and you can just see people living their best life when they're doing that because it gives them that sense of purpose. You put hit the nail on the head there with that bit in the middle. You
1: know, they overlapping four circles, um, the Venn diagram type of thing, and it's it's most philosophy is always about. Well, most—I uh, shouldn't say—well, mo- yeah, probably most philosophy is about the individual and the other, um, you know, and by other meaning society. I've always liked that one myself, but I've—I've I've always been attracted to that Japanese sort of slightly stoic sort of stuff. But I think that's—I think that's because I'm completely on the opposite side. So I always look over there and think I could probably do that part of my life um, better. But generally. You know, like what you were talking about before, you know, and mentioning money philosophy and stuff, you know, we base it on our personality, as you know, with our courses, but there's also the cultural differences. You know, um, I know you said that your father was a bit more, you know, a bit of a, a socialist sort of communist type of thing, but, you know, you were different to him and I had that with my own father, not necessarily in finance, but, My dad sort of liked China and I liked Japan and my dad studied religion and I studied science and I'd sort of got to this point where I looked at it and went, I've sort of done everything the opposite that my father did. It eventually led me down that path of just thinking about, well, how do you sort of go, how do you get, you know, the old story of a win-win, you know, like how how do you get what you want but it's also good for the broader community. The difference was... In the old days, it was a lot less uh, flexible. You know, I think one of the, the things that young people today don't understand, and I'm not being um, detrimental, but just saying, you know, in the old days, it was all about, it was all sort of a social hierarchy and social class and, you know, the, the idea about, oh, working class kids can, you know, go and, Uh, study and become lawyers and doctors was basically like forget about that sunshine you're down the factory and you know grease and the lathe or something like that so it was a lot less rigid but the trade-off was basically if you got a job you had one for the next 35 or 40 years but you didn't you know it wasn't exactly going to be exciting and I think that's really where it changed in the 80s. And, you know, we started to get more flexibility and it took a long time for people to actually find out on an individual level what they actually stood for, because before it was just you did what your parents told you to do.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the the key thing, isn't it? It's this generational change. So uh, you mentioned my dad there. I mean, you know, he was born in the the post-war years, where they literally had rationing, you know, so the, the sense back in those days, that there was a national cause. You know, everybody pulls together. Um, as you mentioned, the the social hierarchy was different. You know, you, you might have a local bank manager or yeah. local shopkeeper who everyone knows, you know. There wasn't really this sense of sort of going off to live in other parts of the world. Yeah. And as, as you mentioned, my, my dad had the same job for his entire career from age 21 to 65, you know. So I think that that is something that's really changed the, the level of fluidity there's a there's a book um that you've uh, referenced in our notes called uh, bowling alone which i haven't read for probably 15 years so I, i'll only really have a summary idea of what it talks about but it yep. that really talks about how the social hierarchy has broken down there's less sense of community um i'm thinking of things like um well trade union memberships See, my parents were members of trade unions you know there's less volunteering we don't have this same sense of a national cause either now yes. so i think i think this is where uh, for people today that there is more of a challenge because there is just there is more choice and um the the, the world is just much more fluid than it was a generation ago
1: yeah yeah absolutely and things like you know like we mentioned at the start you you sort of got gathered at the church, and that was where your community was, and the local bank manager, and everyone pulled together, and all that sort of stuff. Whereas now it's a, it's really different, even from the point of view, Pete. You know, of where we talk about property and stocks, and in the sense that property is no longer a house. You know, really, it's an asset. The sort of thinking behind that is because people are so much more fluid. Um, in their lives, you know, and you, no one sort of buys a house going, "Oh, yeah, this is where I'm going to live and die," like they did in the old days. It's it's now a lot more about looking at property as an asset and making money out of it, and also that feeds into you know what we're going to move on to about the finance aspects where money used to be. Uh, I mean, money I think has always been important. But I think there was a sense of community there that these days is no longer there, and I think it's a lot tougher for younger people these days because you're actually, even though you've got an internet and you can talk to people and, you know, it seems a a, a sort of paradox that in a world that's totally connected, there's a huge problem with loneliness. Um, And I think the the UK have got a minister for loneliness, haven't they? I'm, I'm sure they have.
0: So yeah, I mean, I, I suppose as you said back in the day, people would go and watch the local football team. But the way uh, Brisbane Broncos have been going this past uh, year or two, <laughs> oh, you just that, had to get that—you just had to get that in, didn't you? <laughs> that would be enough to send you into a fit of depression, anyway. So uh, yeah, so I think um, to say You made a good point there. So uh, th- this is one of the reasons that we we put money at the center of the four Fs? Because as you said, it, it's very different now um, from the days when you got a job and the pension was a defined benefit for you at the retirement date. These days, for, for overwhelmingly, that's not going to be the case. And you'll, you'll actually need to uh, take care of your own retirement from a financial perspective. Yeah. Uh, people could say, well, why would you put finance first at, a, at the center of the four Fs? Well, largely because uh, well there's an old cliche that it, it's nice to turn up to your problems in a mercedes or a bmw in your case Stephen, but you. um but uh, but also um i think um it's become more important especially as you move towards the later years that you've got enough um essentially um to to fund the rest of um your four f's essentially because if you don't have enough then it's going to be a long slog yeah the it's, I think we, talk, we, we sort of get back to
1: Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, where, first of all, you're basically working on shelter, uh, you know, and those sorts of things, and the pinnacle is um, I think it's self-discovery or self-empowerment or something, but basically you can navel, you can sit around and navel gaze. Um, it's a tough one, you know, because uh, the four Fs, you know, we sort of like to think it's like a, a circle. You've got four quadrants, uh, you know, cutting a pie into four pieces, I think finance even probably comes before health. It might be up there with it because these days you've got to have money to do a lot of things where in the old days you didn't have to. So, for example, if you got sick, there was a whole community that would back you up. Um, There were people that would come around and visit you. Um, Your family was a lot closer, uh, you know, particularly in that case your parents So people would, you know, let's rally round, whereas these days, as you've seen probably, I don't know whether this is a great analogy, but as you've seen with COVID, you know, there's a lot of division about people, you know, being locked down and how sick are they getting and, oh, well, some people should die, that's the way it is. It's a lot different than the way it used to be. Um, And I think a lot of that stress is brought on by not having adequate money and I, if I, I might stand corrected, but I think a lot of Europe has a defined benefit pension. Um, I know the Japanese do. And so that drives financial decisions in a completely different way in your 30s and 40s. Because if you've got a defined benefit, then you, you, you retire and go, well, I don't have to worry about money too much because I've got enough in a defined benefit. Whereas over here, we've got the accumulation system, which means you're, you know, you're on your own. So I think that's why it becomes the sort of focus of the 4Fs because that it's so it's changed so much now that you really can't rely on society and that's probably a bit of a a big call but I think in a financial sense you're really on your own how important it is now about every kid sort of you know a loser if they don't go to university Um, And I think the dictate behind that is this idea of, oh, well, you know, you've got to get as rich as possible and rich people are the people who get degrees. And there's actually some correlation with that. But I think for a lot of people, there's, you know, one of the characteristics we talk about is balance. And I think there's something where you've got to say, well, you know, there's plenty of unhappy lawyers and doctors who have got lots of money. And I think we do- talked about this previously. You know, you've got to balance it between having money and, but also doing something that gives you a sort of sense of life satisfaction.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's where the icky guy uh, philosophy, yeah. uh, it really comes into its own. We've all met people who are, I don't know, an actuary and they absolutely can't stand what they do, <laughs> but it pays pays good money but uh yeah and uh, at the other end of the spectrum you know there's a lot of people you know you, you there, there are lots of things in life that we enjoy but if you're not going to get paid for it or if the world doesn't need that skill um then you might not actually generate any wealth from uh from that as an occupation and uh, i think um, a lot of people talk about the buddhist philosophy these days but I think they take uh, many parts of it but the idea of actually living poor or living with not very much <laughs> doesn't, doesn't appeal quite so much. Yeah. Think, Sleeping I mean,
1: under the stars is not that attractive thanks very much.
0: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think the, uh, the finance philosophy, uh, well it's, it's an interesting point actually because I think in Australia uh, there, there was certainly a sense when I first came to Oz that you know, this is um, back in the 1990s. Um, the, you know, you didn't really need a lot of money in Australia because, well, you, you've got the beaches, you've got the parks, you've got the weather. But, yeah, there's certainly been a, a landscape shift, I think, over the past uh, 20 or 25 years that uh, it's a more competitive environment these days, but it's also just much more expensive. We, When we talk about finance philosophy, there's a couple of things there. One is you want to begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Um, because, like, if... Yeah, really, if you're managing your own money in retirement, you need to have a fair idea of well, how much is enough. I think it's generally true that once you get into your later years, you actually actually need a bit less than you think you will uh, because you're, you're spending naturally moderates. But uh, I think your finance philosophy largely comes down to the nine personality types. I think we all know the basics about spending less than you earn and not getting into bad debt and so on. Uh, but I think everyone will have their unique uh, finance philosophy but uh, and that's what we work on through our program Steve isn't it, in terms of understanding your personality yeah. type, your end goals, and then finding a blueprint that works for your uh, for, uh, for your personality
1: yeah yeah we you know as you know in the in the programs we've only really got two types of people um True. They're, <laughs> they're, they're all they're all interested in money um but what you know what I mean by that is in the in the nine types. Really, the type threes and the type sevens are the ones that will learn about money. But the other thing I think is important, I may have mentioned this before, is that, you know, I think everyone needs to learn about investing because you can can save more than you spend, but it's still not going to leave you that well off in the end. That's the thing I think is really important. And also, too, because investing is not that difficult. Once you cut away the, the complexity and, dare I say, the, you know, the bullshit and the language that goes with it, it's actually not that difficult. And so that's, you know, the reason why we encourage people. But to bring it back to what you said, yeah, it's really important that you work out what role money plays in delivering the, you know, your well-being. Um, for some people, it's not a big deal you know for, and for other people it's a very big deal so it's a it's a crucial part of sort of that it's well the crucial part it's the linchpin of sort of saying okay everything else will spring off this you know fitness some people might say oh well you know i want to go to a gym because i like being around other people and i like having lots of machines and you know blah 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 whereas other people might say no nah, i'm fairly solitary i'm just happy doing a walk or you know doing some bodyweight exercises at a home or something so money contributes to that in terms of it then um, determines or dictates parts of what your the other three you know the fun fitness and finance what they how they shape your life as well
0: yeah for sure and I think actually um when you talk about the four Fs, I mean relationships is obviously a crucial part of that. You know, so some people yeah. are more uh, more solitary, the Jeffrey boycott type personality. Other people need to be around other people all the time, right. and uh, I think we all sit on that spectrum somewhere. I think um, certainly even the nature of relationships has changed. I think there's there's pro- they're a bit more transactional these Absolutely. days sometimes. Yeah, so uh, certainly. Um, yeah, so certainly the, the move away from society and communities has, has been a big thing. So uh, in terms of the um, the four Fs, would it be fair to say you need some kind of a philosophy for each of the four Fs? So fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. You mentioned uh, fitness there. So, for example, you know, uh, you, you might have a, a philosophy as it relates to fitness and health. And then you might have um You know, uh, I I think uh, this is just a bit of a going off topic a little bit, but uh, we were just chatting on social media earlier, and there there was a a course where for thirty thousand dollars, where somebody would teach you to be a social media influencer. (laughs) And I I don't spend much time on Instagram (laughs) these days, but it is actually quite striking when you go to Instagram just how many people are in that space trying to uh, monetize either being an influencer from travel or simply just by uh, showing off their bodies. And, uh, you know, the, the visual aspect of fitness is obviously, you know, it's really taken off, but maybe people are uh, maybe missing the bigger picture there in terms of the actual health aspect of fitness as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, the thing that, like you, the thing that struck me is the, the amount of uh, photos on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, all of those things um, particularly about fitness, even a, and and not even just with young people, it's with old people as well. Um, and there's just so much stuff now out there. And the thing that makes it interesting for me is that becomes a societal pressure on you to. It's like, what do you mean you don't work out, man? That's you know that's unhealthy if you don't work out. So it's- you'll
0: notice that uh, I always have my shirt on on my Instagram photos. <laughs> yeah. There's a good reason for that as a pump.
1: Yeah, well it's. It, um it, it but it feeds in to that that social media stuff creates a, creates part of the philosophy of fitness um you know in the old days it was basically lift weights and eat a lot of steak and you know pasta and it's become a whole body of science and a whole industry on its own now just to give you a story I remember in 2007 when the market crashed and the first thing I said was, "Oh, people will dump personal trainers. You know, they'll they'll be history um, because they'll be seen as superfluous. You know, it's like, oh, well, I've lost my job. I can't afford my personal trainer. Now, I know Australia got through it pretty well, but basically, most people kept a personal trainer and dumped something else um, because it said, it, you know, I didn't realise just how important it was in people's lives. Um, and again." I think that you know you get these fads like CrossFit, um, and they become a part of your makeup and of your personality. So, for example, you know a lot of some personality types will the achievers, for for example, like a type three might go hell for leather in fitness because it's just again a a, a pathway to express their personality. People who have got a subtype, which I won't bore you with too much. But if you're a subtype three, a sort of one-on-one person, then you'll use fitness as a way to look good and, a, you know, and attract a mate, so to speak. So it's it's really a lot more than it used to be in the old days of, oh, you should lift weights because it's healthy. A lot these days, I suspect, and I'm happy to stand corrected, but it's a lot more these days about showing off and, and as you said, you know, Put down a lazy thirty grand and you can learn our six secrets to being a social influencer and make millions.
0: Yeah, I do worry. I've seen some of those studies. Um and uh, a phenomenal number of um, young people today would give away everything, their education, their career, just to be on TV. Yeah. You know? And I think um I think I mean, maybe it's not a new thing, but it's become accelerated that people see the idea of celebrity as a goal in and of itself, which I, I think um we, we all know is is a flawed. I <laughs> certainly those of us who are a bit older know it's it's a flawed thing that celebrity um, in itself will not make you happy. Yes. And I think you know, when when you talk about philosophies and our four model, an awful lot of it comes back to uh, the idea of balance. Um, so, for example, when it comes to money, well, you know, there's always a balance there between taking care of yourself and taking care of others, yeah. and that's where you know, ph- philanthropy can come in. And uh, the same would though would apply to uh, to fitness and health and your fitness philosophy. Uh, but also, you know, the same would apply to to fun as well. To draw it together for today, Steve, I mean, it's clearly quite hard work to develop a philosophy today because, I mean, if you were to simply do a, a Wikipedia or Google search, you'd probably be faced with dozens of choices. I, I think uh, for me personally, i found the, the, the idea of the icky guy uh, philosophy uh, kind of fits best for me because I, I think this is just merely my observation of the world today. I often see when I see somebody who I think you know they're living their best life. Uh, now they might have a completely different interest to me, but you know, there are just some people. I'm trying to think of an example. A friend of mine, uh, Stephen Ryan, he was a, an avid uh, property investor back in the day, but he, he went off traveling for a, a year or two. And uh, these days, he's um, he's just a Tesla geek. You know, he knows everything there is to know about Tesla. He's got a YouTube channel. You know, he's got thousands, tens of thousands of followers. And, you know, you can just tell with somebody like that. And look, Tesla is not an interest of mine, but it's just an example you know it's not like he gets up in the morning and thinks oh gee another day of work like the uh, the accountant or actuary might do it, you can just see that that's what he's passionate about it's also his uh, profession if you like these days um so you know making your uh, vacation your vocation uh, i mean if you can do that then that, that i think for a lot of people that is a philosophy uh, the ikigai philosophy can be a route to happiness and success
1: yeah i think so if we tie it back to you know we talked about in earlier shows we talked about the uh, characteristics of the four f's and i think you know if you look at you obviously they don't all apply but you can look at things such as balance uh discipline you know in terms of sticking to a philosophy um i know i'm pretty good at i'm pretty good at thinking about them. my my doings a little less uh, enthusiastic um but, you know, you, static or dynamic, so you've got to continue to update your philosophy based on what's happening in your life as you get older and also what the, what's going on in uh, the broader society around you, what the sort of cultural mores are or the social mores are. Basically thought, you know, if, if anything, you know, philosophy is about thinking and that's a, a, an important one and probably curiosity is the other one. I think... Once you start a, a sort of going down a philosophical path, what I found anyway was you start to look at a whole raft of them and what I think is important, I mean, this is me, not for anybody else, but what I found was the, the wider I read, I started to say, well, I don't have to be all um, stoic. I don't have to be all Buddhist. I don't have to be all guy. What I can do is actually just take parts of it that I like and develop my own sort of internal philosophy, if I can put it that way, that is actually a mix. Um, and I think that's where, as to take it back to the start, that's where the nine types as your base philosophy is really useful because then you can get to sort of understand where or which, you know, because you and I are type sevens, we're going to draw from lots of influences because that's what we like doing. Whereas some other people will go, no, I read about Buddhism and went, that's the one for me. I knew immediately, whereas I've never been like that. So I suppose it's, you know, it's that just using those characteristics that we talk about to develop your own, um, to develop your own path.
0: Yeah, so clearly there's a lot more choice these days. But if you can, if you can actually try and use those characteristics, as Steve mentioned, balance, discipline, and some thought or curiosity, you'll develop your own philosophy. If you're struggling for a place to start, though, uh, try to have a think about what you love doing, what the world needs, uh, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. So it's that uh, that middle or overlapping part of the Venn diagram that combines your passion, your mission your vocation and your profession. I think if you can find something that sits in that uh, part of the circle or the overlapping part, um, then you'll be well on the way, I think, to developing a philosophy. So uh, that's um, just the first of our 4Fs philosophy. Uh, So join us next week where we'll talk about the next part of our 4Fs model. Um, I can't remember what comes next, Steve. Um, We
1: can do do fitness, but I just want to say, Peter Meek, you're not invited now that you've... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, You've right. got to come if you like Fs. If you don't like Fs, then you can F off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we could hardly call it the three Fs in a P model, yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy. The things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Stephen and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter, so do reach out and connect with us. And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers.